feel like a sh- there's like music a bit. Hello, and welcome to the Verge Cast. My name is Paul Miller, and I'm here with Chris Plant. What up? And this is the flagship podcast of the Verge Podcasting Empire, and this is a hostile takeover. Goodbye, Neli. <laughs> Had some fun times. Uh, I would like to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Scissor Vodka, Cut Through the Night. Uh, miss you, Neli. <laughs> Said that we had to tie you up and bound you and put you on a boat. But we still care about your dreams for a uh, nightlife vodka brand. <laughs> but so what What happened? Here's, here's the real true situation is that Apple is in San Francisco and they're like, hey, come out over here for the Apple stuff. So a ton of really cool people like Neli and Dieter and Lauren and Walt all went to San Francisco and we record the podcast on a Thursday and they're not back yet. And we got to have a Vergecast. So what what you need to do if you want to hear people like Neli Patel, my friend and boss, talk about Apple, who has actually seen the new Apple products, all of them, touch them, put the AirPods in his ears. You have to listen to C- Control Walt Delete this week. We're really like selling people away from listening to the next hour or so yeah, yeah, of yeah. this show. Look, th- this show is going to be it's going to be rebellious, re- renegade, wild, and unpredictable. But it's not going to be very much about Apple. So I just want you to know that there's a wonderful podcast that's part of the the, the Verge podcasting empire, but not necessarily the flagship. Uh, that will be all about Apple. And so you could track that down. You should probably subscribe anyways. It's a great podcast. There's probably a chunk of the audience who are like, no Apple. Finally. 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 Because what Chris and I are going to talk about and why I've brought him here for this hostile takeover <laughs> is Sony. Oh, yeah. The, the only thing more controversial than what smartphone you use, video games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then the, this is there's there's drama here. There's there a is. there's a l- little like mid generation console war brewing, mm-hmm. and there's choices to be made and priorities to to establish. Sure. Are you are you about gaming or do you just want home entertainment? Ooh. Right. Yeah. Is, don't you think? Okay, so let's, uh, Chris. What is the actual news? Okay, so the news is, well, I guess I should set up with a little bit of Microsoft thing okay. to really throw off the Sony sure, people. Sure. But Microsoft, at E3 this year, the annual video game conference, uh, announced it had essentially two new video game consoles. The Xbox One S, which we've already reviewed on our site. It's available in stores. Um, it added HDR support. And a little bit of extra power, but not, like, so much that I think it's a big thing. And that's available right now. And then they said, hey, we're going to release this thing called Project Scorpio. <laughs> and it's going to have, like, so many teraflops mm-hmm. that, like, you won't even know what to do with it. Like, it's just going to be the new hotness. Um, and people are like, cool, tell me more. And they're like, nah, let's wait. And, like, we'll get to that in 2017. Okay, so that's, that's like, the backstory you needed, right? Right. So then Sony, the rumors were rumbling, as they want to do in this industry, that Sony had a thing called the PS4 Neo. 
and people were like, oh, the path of Neo. I remember that video game. If it's anything like that, promise and tales. I remember Neo from the Matrix. <laughs> and then I realized five years later that it's an anagram for one. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Huh. It's also Eon. Hmm. Yeah. Man, five um, anyway. years after that, I learned it was an anagram for <laughs> Eon. Um, so people were like, oh, okay, cool, cool. And then the this like slim PlayStation 4 leaked ahead of all of this. So another console. So now mm-hmm. there's like, we're just, we're overrun with video game hardware. Which th- that's a regular thing. Like this is yeah. around the time when you make a smaller cheaper version of your original i the the playstation 2 slim or smaller playstation 2 is i think one of the the most beautiful pieces of hardware ever where it took all the the lid the lid is not well designed mine is busted that's yeah that's fine though bring in an anecdote here it's just great to look at though (laughs) so sony uh they come out on stage yesterday and they say real quick Hey, there's a slimmer PS4. We're not even calling it a new thing. It's just the PS4. Standard. It's slimmer. The... It's two ninety nine now. It's coming out like next week, mm-hmm. essentially. And that's like our standard thing. And people are like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And then they're like, okay, that PS4 Neo, it's actually called PlayStation 4 Pro. And it has 4K gaming, mm-hmm. which is a big deal. Because we haven't really seen a console output at 4K resolution. That's a pretty big ask for a console. Like graphic, nice graphics cards right now, uh, that can be a struggle with some, you know, high-end games. So this is like pretty exciting, I would say. And then there were like also HDR, it will be available on this and all the Playstations. And here's where we're going to, like, it's just going to start like sounding just like words and letters and acronyms being thrown all about. It'll be on all of them, but this one will have 4K, that, that extra power, and it will make some 1080p games look good if you don't have a 4K TV. Oh, and also, it's coming out November 10th. And it's three ninety nine, which was my yeah. surprise of the... Yeah. That, this sounds like a, like a five ninety nine, like, start start fresh, high power, spend all the money, but the three ninety nine is... I mean, is Microsoft Scorpio with six teraflops? Sony's saying they've got four-ish teraflops. They've got a, a better, like a new graphics card, and then they like, oh, like sped up the clock speed of the processor. Yeah, this is, it's weird right now. Like my take on this, like whole teraflops, which is more powerful? Is this like a generational leap? Uh, which I, I don't think it is. I, Microsoft has, I think, kind of almost a bizarre advantage at this point by so little being known about Project Scorpio or shown of its games that it can kind of play with our imaginations of like, oh, well, the number's bigger, so it must look a lot better. Right. But really, we have no idea on a technical level how much better that system will look or even really how much better this system will look than the PS4 normal. There's... Uh, I would say an abnormal amount of questions that are not going to be really answered until we get this hardware in our hands for ourselves, um, because there's all sorts of technicalities. Yeah, I, it was interesting watching the the I watched the live stream and there was a lot of like, well, you definitely can't see any of the difference on this <laughs> live stream that you're watching. 
but it's better on 4K with a with HDR. Here's here's what HDR is like, but you can't see it unless you're here in this room right now, which apparently it did it did look good. Yeah. It, I mean, I'm just I don't know. To be like really frank, I'm I'm pretty pretty darn skeptical of especially the 4K claims. And the reason I say that is with the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3, that was the generation that we were promised, you know, 1080p true HD gaming. Right. And we really and didn't get like it. There were like two 1080p games yeah. ever made. Like, that has been kind of the the home of PS4 uh, and Xbox One. And even then, like, there's the question of actually hitting 60 frames per second, which is, again, we're going to get pretty technical in this podcast, but, like, not a thing every game does already. I mean... And arguably a more important thing for games than the resolution or even the fidelity and the fancy action on screen is making it really smooth. Yeah, and to give you an idea of, like, how tough this is... For hardware that's available right now, Quantum Break is a visually beautiful game that was on the Xbox One, and it had to use some bizarre tricks to essentially fake 1080 to run okay. Mm. And like that's that's for the hardware that's out right now. So we're talking like to get beyond 1080 to 4K is a huge leap. To be clear, it's four times the resolution of 1080p, and you're not just if you if you're doing tr- a true 4K, which, which Sony made it clear they aren't doing like true actual 4K rendering, but they didn't make it exactly clear what they're doing. But if you're gonna render a game from scratch in actual 4K, your graphics card's gonna do twice or four times the work just because it's gonna make four times the number of pixels. But then also the game's going to need higher resolution assets, like the textures and everything. It's going to need more RAM. So, 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 yeah, everything needs to be about four times more powerful than what you need for 1080p. And this, is, this console is not four times more powerful than the PlayStation 4. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I will, like, cushion that with, like, there are obviously things that people or developers can do with optimization, that go a long way. I mean, that's why, you know, even at the end of its life cycle, the Xbox 360 and PS3 were putting out games that looked, I mean, like Grand Theft Auto V, that looked right. really impressive uh, with very little hardware to, to support it. Um, but, yeah, I, the thing that I'm curious about is what what's the trick? Um, because I have the, uh, I have to have this for work. I don't want to sound like a snob right now. Mm-hmm. But, like, I have, like, the highest-end uh, graphics card you can have. And, like, even with that, on a PC, and this ridiculous, uh, you know, hardware that's available to me, even then, running a game at maximum settings with 4K doesn't always work. And, or and, work well. and I'm guessing you make this decision a lot if you if you have that kind of setup hmm, should I run this at like 1080p max settings or should I boost the resolution and lower the settings a little bit? And I feel like Sony is presenting console gamers with that exact scenario because the the PlayStation 4 Pro will, with certain games, will give you better graphics on a 1080p, like more detailed models or textures or, or anti-aliasing. Like it, certain games that that choose to optimize for 
1080p will look better on on 1080p so do you want that or do you want more pixels yeah and here's where we're getting all sorts of funny language and it starts to get complicated even more than it already is they're saying that when you plug your console into the tv it recognizes it recognizes which tv it's plugged into essentially what Mm. type and it selects for you and it's unclear right now how much control you'll have over that but then the other thing that's strange is they're saying that like the PS4 Pro won't be like I get basically making games run faster on a 1080 TV. So like the the way I would say this is on with a PC, right? If I have a really high end graphics card, I could use the power that I'd use to you know push a game out at 4K uh, at 30 frames per second to play it at like I don't know 90 frames per second at 1080. So it, it it's much smoother is what I'm saying. Right. Um, but they're saying that you it'll allow for more stability with currently available PlayStation 4 games if you're playing games at 1080p, but that they don't plan on it making them actually run faster, which is bizarre. And, and it also makes sense because one of the reasons that uh, I think Polygon actually wrote about this was, will people who play uh, multiplayer games with PS4 oh, Pro right. have a competitive advantage? Because if they had more frames per second on a multiplayer shooter, it's a smoother version of the game, and, but which st- gives them an advantage. But by st- stability, you mean like the game has decided that it's a 30 frames per second game, but sometimes on the PlayStation 4 standard, it dips a little below that when there's a thousand explosions. But yeah. the, the new PlayStation will still run it at 30 frames per second, but it won't dip below 30 frames per second. So that's still going to be It'll kind be locked, of a, a, a is advantage. what they're saying. Yeah, it'll be, yeah, but I'm, I mean, they've specifically said that they do not want games to provide a, or do not want the system to provide an advantage in multiplayer. I'm also guessing this isn't going to improve load times a lot. It's still got a regular hard drive in it, and I guess the processor is a little bit faster, but that's not really what, I mean, load times is mostly a, a hard drive issue, and I, I've noticed I'm on the Xbox One, I've got like multiple Xbox, my buddy's got an Xbox One, I've got an Xbox One, and my Xbox One always loads Overwatch levels slower. So that that's like, that's something that I'm kind of wishing consoles would, would, would tackle right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of weirdly reminds me of smartphones where I feel like I'm, instead of just getting the basic features that I want, I'm getting like extra superficial almost things that I don't necessarily need. Like, I still want a better version of what I have. Like, with a smartphone, I would kill for a phone that just had a much better uh, phone capability and a battery that lasted for two days straight. Right. Um, And for a video game console, if I could, like... I mean, you could technically do this by using your own hard drives. There's a whole technique to that. But, like, cutting down load times, putting more RAM in so it, like... Open world games are huge Mm. and, like, allowing for, like, better textures and putting that in larger open world games. That sounds great. Like, that was a huge headache that open world games ran into at the end of uh, 360. So, I I don't know. It it, sounds like you want a PC. I mean, yeah. That's why I have my PC, right? And that's the theory, right? That, That Microsoft and Sony are feeling a bit of the heat from PC gaming, which just keeps on being 
kind of getting better in a lot of ways I because it, it kind of gets things first it gets vr first it gets like the open access stuff on steam it has steam you know there's just a lot about pc and then like games like league of legends counter-strike dota are very pc heavy and then games like overwatch are like pc preferred like there's a lot of momentum behind pc gaming right now and to wait another three years before the graphics got any better would be would be tough for them yeah i i I think i do think it is that i think there's it's i would say kind of like half of that and half of people have a 4k tv and they don't know why and (laughs) they're like desperate for a reason to own like make use of this thing that they have yeah and if you can like get in front of people this holiday and you can say hey that 4k tv you can play 4k games on it and here's like go to your store see what 4k games look like finally do something with this machine other than watch you know like the same however many netflix series and handful of videos that are available on amazon Mm. Um, or I mean, I, you could get a UHD Blu-ray player and spend God knows what on the expensive discs. Speaking um, of, yeah, just just again to reiterate the current landscape, Microsoft has already released Xbox One S, which does four does not do four K games. It does do HDR. Okay, games, but only with specific games. Oh, I didn't know the Xbox One S did HDR in games. Okay, yeah. um, it does do four K Blu-ray. Yes, and the Sony PlayStation 4 and Sony PlayStation 4 Pro do not do Ultra HD 4K Blu-ray. So if you want to buy something right now, your only option is the, uh, something like that has new capabilities. Your only option is the Xbox One S. But for Christmas, you're going to be choosing between 4K games and 4K Blu-rays, kind of. I, unless you've already just made up your mind to be like into PlayStation or Xbox this generation. Like, if you're coming to this generation fresh, your choice is Blu-rays that are 4K or games that are upscaled to 4K and will actually probably look pretty great. Yeah. I mean, and, and both of them have 4K streaming, which, I mean... Which, which is honestly, what Sony's been really pushing anyways. Yeah, like, I mean, if you live somewhere that doesn't have a really strong internet connection, Ultra HD Blu-rays might make sense. That's totally possible. But the market seems to be shifting towards streaming, and if you live in that area, that's probably not the worst choice. Unless you're, like, a hardcore videophile, and you're you're really going to notice every difference, and you have, like, you know, a $10,000 TV, in which case, like, yeah, definitely... But if you're uh, that crazy, you can buy like one of those like thousand dollar four K Blu-ray players. Yeah, or you can buy both the Xbox. Yeah, you can just buy both consoles. <laughs> I mean, you Go are ahead. getting a lot for four hundred dollars either way. Yeah, which is I, cool. I, I think if you don't have either of these already, like, whoa, this is a pretty great time. Yeah, what, <laughs> for me, I I went Xbox this generation, and I've regretted it every month since because everybody else got a ps4 and so this is my chance to get a ps4 and also and i felt like sony did not talk about this very much and i'm not really sure why so maybe you can tell me why but the 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 playstation 4 pro is going to be way better for vr 
Um, yeah, they 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 kind of didn't go too deep into that. They mentioned I'm, like one game has like double the resolution, and I heard double the resolution. And I'm like, whoa, that's yeah. Great. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna goof this up. So go to theverge.com and read our PlayStation VR coverage, especially by Addie Robertson, mm-hmm. the I think best VR reporter in the business and on the planet, yeah. the most knowledgeable person about VR probably. Without a doubt. Um, but from what I, I, I believe I understand is, again, Sony is using somewhat of like a trick to make VR work really well. And that uh, it's essentially doubling the frames so that you don't get nauseous. Like you, oh, like you interpolation? Need, yeah, you need a certain number of frames uh, per second while you're using VR for it to feel real. I guess. Mm-hmm. And like, if you do it with like your, you know, high end graphics card, there's all these graphics cards on PC that say they're VR ready. Uh, they're basically saying, Hey, we can hit the kind of threshold that you're going to need on most games uh, in terms of output. But a PlayStation four original obviously is not as powerful as a brand new graphics card. So they've used some kind of tricks to make it work. Um, so my, my guess is that with that extra power that's on the PlayStation 4 Pro, it might get it closer to just doing what it needs to do natively versus like using whatever kind of software trick they have come up with to make it work well. This is again, if it sounds like I am like confused, yes, (laughs) I, I I, I am. I, I, I've only done a little bit of time with PlayStation VR, but it was a lot if there's a spectrum that is starts with like the Gear VR and goes up to Oculus, um, it was closer to the the Gear VR end as far as what I was seeing with my eyes. Yeah, the, and, the, I mean the resolution of the screen itself is just and there, there's great something so convenient feeling. and relatively affordable about making your home console a VR machine, and. It, any improvement to to the, the graphics I saw could, I, for me, put it over the edge. So here's the thing that I think will be good about PSVR, and hopefully PS4 Pro makes it more enjoyable experience to use, is the games. Like, it's that simple. Res, Thumper, even Drive Club. There's, I think, 100-foot Robot Golf. There, there, there are a number of games that look really appealing mm. um, and should, in theory, run easily on this hardware and right now that's what i crave with vr (laughs) like i i have this oculus rift sitting next to me and it's like not getting used so i think that that might be the advantage there but i mean that has nothing to do with power or anything that's just we'll see i don't know that's a whole different mess that i feel like is approaching in only a month and i i kind of haven't really heard much about i'm just realizing the 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 games or just PSVR like that's next month and I feel like I have not seen a ton of promotion from Sony maybe they felt like they needed to get the console announced and now they're going to like throw in the PSVR gear and start talking more about this before it's released well they like sold out like all their pre-orders and stuff so maybe they feel like they just <laughs> yeah. shouldn't, shouldn't talk about it because it was just frustrating people yeah that's very possible they learned their lesson from when the oculus couldn't push units through okay anyways yeah so i'm i'm excited as a just a, a human being who will probably get the playstation 4 pro that's kind of where i'm at 
overall my verdict yeah i mean i i i I think that like argument of hey this is a thing that like shows 4k things on your 4k tv is like a pretty compelling argument for a lot of people um including me like i don't know if i'll actually buy it but it is i i would like to have something that is 4k on my tv other than uh what's the last thing i watched the get down i I just watched that in 4k oh how was how was that it was beautiful (laughs) (laughs) it's my full review nice yeah i it always bugs me when i feel like i can't I, i feel like the first time i ever saw 4k i could tell and, like, sometimes when I've seen 4K, like, stream from Netflix or something like that, I'm not sure. It's like, wait, did I do all the settings right to make it 4K? It looks good, but it doesn't look Yeah. Perfect. Well, I mean, the, the other thing is the first time you saw 4K, right, it was probably on a traditional older 1080p TV, guessing like you were at a convention or something, next to a 4K TV showing 4K. And what I've found owning a 4K TV, the Samsung, is just normal HD looks pretty good on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it does bump up, it's noticeable, but I'm not like, I, I, it's not like I have to have it, you know? You I'm don't okay. Look like this doesn't feel like you're looking into a window. That was my first impression. It's like, well, I'm looking into a window that's showing me a Japanese garden, even though I'm in Berlin right now. Yeah. No, I can't say that I have that feeling too often. I have like a, oh, that looks really pretty. And then HDR, I feel like HDR is going to be an uphill. I mean, I know it's a great spec to talk about, but man, that's hard to convince people that a thing exists. Yeah, it's really hard with HDR because like... It's like well, you, so, you've been telling me that I haven't been seeing all the colors this whole time. Like my whole life has been a lie. Oh, and also, there are two different versions of it, and everything you use right now uh, corresponds to different versions, so it might not even be working on your TV. Oh, and when it does, there's not a signal, really, that lets you know it's working. Right. Like, that was... I, I, I tried to watch Marco... Not Marco. Is it Marco Polo? What is it? Yeah, I think that's right. On Netflix? Because they were like, oh, this is the first HDR thing. And the whole time, I'm like, I, am I seeing it? Like, is this... Is this... Is this really happening? There, need like... to, there needs to be like a, like a cool guy walks into the bottom of the screen and he's like, hey, good job. You got 4K and HDR. You're doing it great. You're cool. And then you walks figured away. it out. You're so smart and rich. <laughs> you deserve a big dog t-shirt. You're a big dog. <laughs> okay. Well, let's uh, bring Neli back for an advertisement that he has pre-recorded. This episode of The Vergecast is brought to you by Autodesk Graphic. If you're looking for a professional vector design app, you should take a look at Autodesk Graphic. Graphic is a full-featured app for making icons, illustrations, UI, and UX design, and everything else you'd expect in a professional vector design app. Open, edit, and save raster or vector images, layered Photoshop or Illustrator files, CSS, SVG, PDF, and any other collection of letters you can think of. You can open an AI file and export it to clean CSS code or a web-ready SVG with just a few clicks. It's available on your Mac, on your phone, even on your iPad, so you can design without compromise anywhere you go. This iPad app isn't just a companion to the desktop. It's fully featured design software that pros use to hand-draw vector illustrations, create gorgeous logos, and mock-up websites on the fly. So if you have an iPad Pro and an Apple Pencil, Graphic is the vector design app you've been looking for to make that iPad Pro the device you use for design work that you would otherwise leave to your desktop. It's the last 2D design app you'll ever need, and it's available for the price of a few 
decent stock photos. Just visit graphic.com to learn more about Autodesk Graphic or check it out in the App Store. And we're back. Thank you, Neelai, for that passioned rendition. Is that the right word? Passioned? Impassioned? Sure. Sure. I bet it was great, though. So that's basically all we wanted to talk about. Chris, do you do you have any thoughts about Apple? I, I, I know everybody's actually supposed to listen to Control-Walt-Delete this week, and I don't want them to not do that by us uh, talking about Apple, but did you have anything that, that you wanted to share? Um, I mean, I can talk about a video game thing, because that's all I really know. Oh, yeah, Mario. Mario. Shigeru Miyamoto takes the stage. A quiet falls upon the audience. I'm here to show you Mario, he says. I know. And then people are goosebumps? like, what? Yeah, dog. I totally got goosebumps. <laughs> I was like, I'll play that game yeah. um, for a while. <laughs> I mean, here's the best thing about that announcement for me. They announced a game called Super Mario Run. Mm-hmm. And you hear that and you're like, crap. They made a Super Mario Endless Runner game. Yeah. Like yeah. every damn, like intellectual property gets turned into on the like, iPhone. Like I bet, I bet I could find like, Avert, like an endless runner for like my bank yeah i like collect like loans or something yeah because <laughs> apparently you work at the bank in this game <laughs> um but but then they show it and it's not that it like actually looks like a pretty fun game so that was that was like that was nice that was a happy surprise and and it builds confidence for they have a fire emblem game and an animal crossing game uh, that are scheduled for sometime in 2017 which, now, I believe. Which sound like a, a, a much better fit. I mean, how do, how is this Mario game supposed to control? That is a great question with your thumbs. I have I have a, I have a theory about this. Because it, I, I saw Mario go to the left and to the right. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't know if they... <laughs> this is not true. This is like some serious tinfoil hat stuff. Okay. So everybody knows this is 100% not true. But I think maybe there's an advantage to the game not controlling too well. So you'll be like, man, I love this Mario. Sure would like it to control a little better. And I better go buy a new Nintendo NX when that comes out. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I do think truly they, they've said in a shareholder meeting that they don't plan on like helping to bring a uh, hardware, like a controller to the iPhone. And I, I think they that's said like, that they've considered it. I, th- I thought they said that it could happen, but they don't think that they would be part of it. Uh, I don't know. I could be I could be wrong there. But it looks I, like maybe there's an analog stick at the bottom, like a virtual analog stick. That makes sense. I mean, those have gotten much better. They're not as terrible as they were when the maybe that's launched. just a button to left jump. right button. No, like a just a tap to jump. Maybe Although if there's like tap to it. jump, then you don't need anything because you just touch anywhere on the screen like every endless runner. That's true. I wish I knew how this actually played. I mean, you'll get to find out this winter. Wait, this before Christmas. I think that's how they phrase it. Before the holidays? There we go. And this isn't guys. totally exclusive to... It was supposed to be exclusive to App Store. That's our, our original headline. But then I saw something about it coming to android yes so they made the, the they did that thing that is maddening on mm-hmm. stage where it's like oh it's exclusive to app store and then the press release comes and it's like 
available for a limited time on App Store or and something then like come that. To Android. It's like a, yeah. a timed exclusive, as they yeah, call I mean, them. That's really what it is. Yeah, and and then of course it will expand so that it can make even more money. But we'll see. I I I, I am more optimistic about Nintendo's mobile games than I was before they took the stage yesterday. It looks like they um, did a good job. Yeah, I, I, I think they did fine. I, I'm very curious about like the next year for that company. Because at some point, they have to announce this new console that they have, too. Oh, right. Yeah. How many that, teraflops is that going to have? Oh, probably not many. <laughs> um, probably the fewest number of flops that you can flop. Yeah. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's supposedly coming out somewhere in March of next year. It's September. That's crazy. No announcement. And what games is it? Man. I mean, here's what I think is going to be on it. Mario. Oh, ooh. And maybe, mm, you know what? I can't count on anything else. Wait, was there a, there's Mario 3D Land on the mm-hmm. Wii U, right? Is it Mario 3D World? It, oh, 3D one World. of them is on DS. Yes, 3D, 3D World, World is, is Wii on Wii U. That didn't feel be a like um, enough of a Mario. I want a true 3D platformer again. I mean, that's fair. Like you mean like uh, Super Mario Galaxy, like or a Galaxy, want... or Mario 64, or M- Mario Sunshine. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get another Mario Sunshine. I would, <laughs> I would, I would <laughs> take that thought and I would squish it beneath your toes. Yeah. Um, but I mean, maybe that would that would be a big way to to make a splash. Yeah, man, but... it's so easy being Nintendo. Just make another, <laughs> just make another Mario game, another Mario Kart. Being constantly worried that your entire business could collapse at any moment. I just, I it was weird to me. Like you had this an Apple announcement for the iPhone, you know, and this is like, this is the most cutting edge. Like the, the it's like the A10 fusion or something like that. Like the most yeah. powerful mobile processor ever conceived by a human being. And then like one of the biggest announcements is that a game that is almost identical, but probably lesser in features than a game that came out on the original Nintendo is going to be like a new flagship game. Oh, that wasn't even as bad as the game they actually showed to flaunt the graphics. Because, like, Mario opened it, but then they were like, oh, by the way, this is the super mobile processor, you know, that we could never have comprehended in our wildest dreams. Oh, and it was Uh, And then they were like, and to show it off, here's a Wizard of Oz role-playing Like, imagine Wizard of Oz as a dark, gritty RPG. (laughs) Like, the Witcher (laughs) of Oz. And and it's like, that game could be good. I don't know, but like, that was not... 400 flying monkeys. It was not what I would have chosen (laughs) at all to show off um, the power of your, your graphics on your video game. I don't understand Apple's relationship with video games at all. Like, Nintendo being there was maybe the most sense that they have made uh in the world of video games in a long time uh otherwise i it just feels like whoever the people are up top who decide those things are like yeah wizard of oz that's cool with the kids let's get that on stage (laughs) wait till they see what frank bomb is up to next (laughs) it is uh weren't those books like like a commentary on like the gold standard or something like that i don't they were written at the del coronado (laughs) and like san diego by just a dude who's like I don't know, drunk out of his mind. 
<laughs> I'm going to get sued by the Frank Baum estate. I mean, nothing of what I said is true, and I'm not held liable for Baum it. I bet Frank Baum was a real nice man. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Uh, so, so last week, I I used to do this this thing every week on the show where I would talk about a gadget that I love and I think is really interesting that everybody mm-hmm. should know about. Okay. Um, but then we had Ashley on the show, and she totally showed me up at my own bit. So I'm gonna have her back this week, and she is going to tell you now in a, a special thing that happens every week. <laughs> it's a little segment that Ashley calls iPhone Seven. Did you guys know that the iPhone 7 has dual cameras on its plus size? Did you know it has no headphone jack on both the iPhone 7 and the iPhone 7 Plus? Did you know it comes in jet black, but that jet black sometimes scratches? To the point that Apple had to put a footnote on its release. Did you know its camera is better? That's the iPhone 7. That's my weekly segment called the iPhone 7. Goodbye. Well, thank you, Ashley. I feel like I know more about technology now. This week's episode of the Vergecast, this renegade, rebellious episode, is brought to you by Squarespace. Uh, Chris, have you ever used Squarespace? Uh, you mean building it beautiful? Have you built a beautiful website? You know what? I, maybe? I have. That's probably not the right answer. It looks great. Yeah. Well, so Squarespace has is, is been in my, part of my life for a long time. Yeah? Because I built a website like way, way back when. And then it turns out like everybody that I went to church with was, it, it was all working for Squarespace. They were like the founder or, or like the tech support. They, I, everybody at my church was somehow associated with with Squarespace. And then every single podcast that I've ever listened to has a Squarespace ad in it. So I feel like I know a lot about Squarespace. It is actually very easy to make websites. It's easy is 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 a key point that Squarespace wants me to tell you about. You get a free custom domain. If you sign up for a year of Squarespace, you'll get a free custom domain for the website that you just signed up for. They've got beautiful templates. They've got seamless commerce tools so you can sell stuff using Squarespace with this website that you built with free free domain. 24-7 customer support. Every member of the customer care team is an experienced Squarespace user working in a Squarespace office. So these people really actually know about Squarespace. They're not just trying to get you to buy more things. They want to help you. And you can start a free trial today at squarespace.com and enter the offer code VERGE to get 10% off your first purchase. And my favorite thing about Squarespace is that they always are coming up with new taglines. And this month's tagline is Squarespace, set your website apart. Isn't that, isn't that great? That's so nice. I feel compelled to make another Squarespace website. <laughs> You're going to say another Squarespace ad. <laughs> let's you know let's just start from the top from the top squarespace love it websites cool Welcome free to the internet domain names if you get a year <laughs> got it all right thank you squarespace and uh that's our show hey guess what apple killed the headphone jack how does it make you feel never you'll never know unless you don't listen to control Walt delete this week all right i can't emphasize enough that that's an important thing for you to do. Because we all have to process our feelings. I'm personally am just completely enthralled and, and, and exhilarated at the lack of a headphone jack. But contractually, I can't let you know why. 
because I'm not on control Walt delete. That's where you learn about the reasons for things. Also, Chris, you have you have your own show that maybe people don't know about. Can you explain? Can you give me the what's tech of what's tech? Yeah, what's tech is a show where we explain uh like a, a bit of technology every week. They're short, digestible, like 15 to 20 minutes. But really we just explain everything. So like you could be confused by all these video game things. There's an episode about mid-cycle video game relaunches. There's an episode about fan fiction. Mm. There's an episode on doxing. Pretty much, if you can think of it, or it's ever been on TheVerge.com, we have explained it. This week, we talk about a, a Proxima Centauri B. It's a earth-sized planet in the in the like kind of orbiting the star nearest our solar system i need to listen to this episode because i i read all the headlines and i'm very confused yeah here's here's where i was like i was like oh i have to do an episode about this when i was talking to our colleague lauren crush about it i was like how long will it take uh humans to send something there and she's like well there are two two lines of thought one is tens of thousands of years and the other is 20 years. Whoa. And I was like, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> one of those sounds way better than the other one. Yeah. Uh, and you can find out on our Oh, my show. gosh. What a tease. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's every Tuesday. It's every Tuesday. Control Walt Delete is every Thursday with Walt Mossberg and Neelai Patel. Verge ESP is Friday with Emily Yoshida and Liz Lopato. So many choices. I hope you choose correctly. And I'm really grateful for spe- for you spending your time with me and Chris today. And I uh, hope you have a wonderful weekend. I hope everything is well for you. hope you decide if you prefer 4K Blu-ray or 4K video games. Are you a gamer or are you just a couch potato? <laughs> Something to think about. It couldn't possibly be both. <laughs> I'm Future Paul on Twitter. Chris Plant is... You're just at plant. At plant with an E. Yeah. Plante. And you have to listen to Control Wall to lead to find out everybody else's <laughs> Twitter. Also, you could go to iTunes.com slash The Verge if you <laughs> loved this renegaded podcast that you'll never hear again. And you could rate it. You say like, put in five stars and then say, loved when just, it was just Chris and Paul on the show. That was cool. You say that. Or put in five stars and be like, this is for all the other episodes. Please bring them back. Bring back the regulars. It's fine. We can take the criticism. Follow Verge on Twitter. That's at Verge. Snapchat, Verge. Instagram, Verge. Facebook, you guessed it. Facebook.com slash Verge. Today's episode was also brought to you by Autodesk. Autodesk Graphic is the specific product that's sponsoring today's show. It's not just the whole company, but Autodesk Graphic is a full-featured app for making icons, illustrations, UI and UX, or anything else you'd need out of a professional vector design app. Don't go consumer when it comes to vectors. Go professional. It's available on your Mac, phone, and iPad, so you can design without compromise on the go. It's the vector design app you've been waiting for for your iPad Pro and Apple Pencil. Visit graphic.com to learn more about Autodesk Graphic or find it in the App Store. And I added that thing about consumers. I'm sure anybody can use this. And I bet it's great. I'm going to actually I'm gonna try it out because I actually love vectors. Thank you, Autodesk. And that's our show. <laughs> whoop, whoop.
Hi, I'm Frank Elbaum. <laughs> I wrote Frank. a familiar book that you might enjoy. I'm also Mark Twain. <laughs> or Langhorn Clemens is my real Frank, name. Frank, did you ever envision that the monkeys that you envision with your mind's eye could be rendered with such graphical fidelity by a mobile phone processor? I must say I did. I am a futurist. And I have once visited the future through a small hotel room in San Diego Bay. <laughs> Why do you know where he wrote the book? I've, I am Frank L. Ball. <laughs> <That's true. That's laughs> I know point. where I wrote my own damn book. All right, that's our show. <laughs> Bye.